Thanks for downloading and welcome to Take Orally, the podcast from Dream Queen's Medical Centre, Nottingham. In this episode, we'll be discussing multiple pregnancy. As ever, all information is correct at the time of recording. Any and all guidelines mentioned are correct for Nottingham University Hospital's NHS Trust. Other trust guidelines may vary. All views and opinions are the speaker's own. Hello once again, it's uh, Jamie, one of the teaching fellows in emergency medicine. Um, And it's Anna, one of the teaching fellows in obstetrics and gynaecology. Okay, so uh, another OBS topic now. Um, we talked about uh, breach uh, delivery. Um, so now time to talk about multiple pregnancies. Mm-hmm. Uh, once again, starting with the definition. Um, I think I might know this one. But I'm not sure we need a definition <laughs> for this one, actually. I'm guessing it's where there's more than one baby? Yeah. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> well done. And right. how many more than one, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, one and a half. Uh, no, so um, so only pregnancy where there's more than one baby, I'm guessing. Yeah. Okay. Um, how and when is it diagnosed? Um, so normally nowadays, because we have access to ultrasound scans, then people will be diagnosed when they come for their um, either early pregnancy scan or their routine 12-week dating scan. Yeah. It will be picked up. That's generally the case. Is it true they run in families? Um, so people say, oh, I'm a twin, therefore I think I might have... Twins. I think it is for non-identical twins if it runs down the far the so the mother's father's side. Yeah. Does so that make sense? The paternal side of the mother. Yeah. yeah. Because there is a gene that um, causes the mother to produce more than one egg at once. Okay. Um, and I think, don't quote me on that, but it runs down the paternal the mother's paternal side of the family. Okay. Excellent. So it could potentially run in families for non-identical, but identical twins just happen by chance. Okay, there you go. Um, so we're going to mostly talk about sort of twin pregnancy here, though obviously yeah. it can count more. I think probably management of kind of triplets and quadruplets and um, kind of even higher than that goes a bit beyond the scope and undergraduate level of understanding. Yeah, we're not going to talk about optomum <laughs> or anything like that today. But to be honest, the management principles actually are kind of pretty much the same. Yeah. Um, but obviously, complication-wise, mm. more the more babies basically that there yeah. are. Yeah, <laughs> it is true that they're associated with IVF. So you're more are you more likely to get like, multiple pregnancies if you've had yeah. in vitro fertilization. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, the, a lot of the t- multiple pregnancies that we see have happened through IVF, and recently there's you know, a bit of a push for them to only when they're doing IVF to only replace one embryo to try and reduce the rates of multiple pregnancy because they are higher risk pregnancies Mm. Um, but obviously even then sometimes you put one embryo back it could still be twins Mm. and there are obviously situations in IVF where they are putting more than one embryo back because of maybe maternal age or previous failed cycles or something Um, but in in the UK there's a limit on replacing only two embryos um, had a bit of a story a mum once who'd gone to India for her IVF and they had replaced eight embryos okay. um, fortunately she only had triplets but still there's <laughs> um, there are she laws she really could gov- have been an October absolutely yeah. there are yeah. laws governing you know uh, that because there are a lot more complications which we're going to talk about yeah. Um, so, um, just talking about twin pregnancy, what are the types of twin pregnancy? Um, so we talk about them, well, the, the first way you could kind of classify them is either if they are monozygous or dizygous pregnancies. That is, either they come from one zygote, mm-hmm. so monozygotic, which means they're identical, or they've come from two separate eggs, two separate sperm, they're dizygotic. Yeah. Um, but 
in terms of actually how we manage the pregnancy and what's important, it's actually more about how many placentas and how many amniotic sacs there are. Mm. And that will be diagnosed via an ultrasound scan. Mm. Um, and you will be able to kind of tell to some degree if it means they're monozygotic or dizygotic, but not all the time, which I'll come to. <laughs> so if um, you have two placentas and two sacs. We call that dichronic, diamniotic, or DCDA. And most of the time, that's because it's come from two separate zygotes, two separate eggs. They're basically two separate pregnancies, but happening to live in the same uterus. Okay. That's the way I like to describe that. <laughs> um, however, it is possible that if a, a single zygote splits very early, you still end up with dichronic diamniotic yeah. so you don't necessarily know at that early stage if they are if they are identical or not you know that they have separate placentas which is helpful in ongoing management but you can't say for certain if they're identical twins or not if that pregnancy got to 20 weeks and one was a boy and one was girl then clearly they're not identical twins but if they are both girls or they're all both boys you'd only be able to tell at birth by doing genetic testing mm. if they were identical or non-identical twins. Mm. The other types of twins are where there's only one placenta and yeah. these ones are always going to be identical. So the first one is where there's one placenta and two sacs. So we call that monochorionic diamniotic, MCDA. Um, and that's basically that you've had a single zygote and it's split just slightly later. So we've ended up with that. Um, and next stage on from that is that if it splits slightly later again, you have one placenta and one sac, so that's monochronic, monoamniotic. If the zygote splits even later, that's how you end up with conjoined twins. Okay. So, and in terms of how common each one of those things are, if you look at all twin pregnancies, DCDA are more common because most of those will actually be dizygotic. If you look at all monozygotic pregnancies coming from one egg, the most common type is the MCDA, one placenta and two sacs, and then DCDA, so probably about 60% MCDA, about nearly 40% are DCDA, which already comes to 100%. So that tells you that actually MCMA are not very common at all, and even less so obviously conjoined twins, so even rarer than that. Okay. Um, so uh, what are the um, sort of general risks and complications we worry about with multiple pregnancy? Um, so some of the general things that people are more likely to have, so in early pregnancy they're more likely to have miscarriages um, than a singleton pregnancy that is. Um, they are then, as the pregnancy goes on, more likely to develop certain conditions. So things like gestational diabetes or preeclampsia is more common if you have a multiple pregnancy. Um, coming on towards the end of the pregnancy, they're more likely to need kind of intervention, so they're much more likely to need a caesarean birth or need assistance around the type of delivery. Um, and then after birth, they're more likely to have things like postpartum hemorrhage than a singleton. Mm. Um, I think we mentioned that again before, because the uterus is bigger, therefore they're more likely to bleed. Um, and some of those risks you can screen for, so, and you can... So things like diabetes and preeclampsia, we can obviously keep a closer eye and make sure that you know, if, there's, if there's any sign of it, then we can manage it. And because we know about the higher risks of P3 
PPH, for example, then obviously we do things to try and manage that to reduce the chance of that happening too. Sure. And um, there are specific risks for monochorionic uh, twins, aren't there? Yeah, so these are the ones that have got a single placenta. So this is why it's really important at the early stage of pregnancy to tell the difference between the DC, hmm. the dichoronic, and the monochoronic. The monochoronic twins um, have a specific risk of something called twin-to-twin transfusion syndrome, mm-hmm. or TTTS, which is where basically you have one twin ends up as a donor, um, so blood from that twin flows basically preferentially out into the recipient twin and it's because of abnormal kind of blood connections really actually within the placenta that happens um, and that is something that we really need to pick up on because actually if we don't manage it um, early then that could be life-threatening to both of those twins um, so doing regular scans um, is really important for all types of twin pregnancy, but particularly so for monochoronic, so that we can pick up on signs of TTTS, um, which would be like growth restriction in one twin and the other twin kind of being, uh, showing signs of fluid overload. So Mm. having kind of fetal edema or um, skin edema, um, pleural effusions and pericardial effusion. Um, All of those things basically signs of twin to twin transfusion syndrome. Um, the other things is a discrepancy between the amount of fluid in each of the sacs so one of them has a lot of fluid and the other one has very little so polyhydramnios in one and oligohydramnios in the other Um, and basically if you identify it um, it depends a bit on the gestation at which it's identified but um, if it is at less than 24 weeks so less than the age of viability then you need to try and separate those connecting blood vessels um, and that's done at several kind of specialist units around the UK where we actually um, use laser ablation to try and divide the, the two fetal circulations. Mm-hmm. How cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you've already mentioned something um, they you know twin pregnancies need scanning do they need scanning uh, more often than a non-twin pregnancy or how often do we scan yeah so a non-twin pregnancy if there's nothing else you'd only have a routine scan at 12 and 20 weeks you wouldn't have anything else um, but a twin pregnancy would need growth scans mm. um, if you have a monochoronic and we want to look specifically for signs of twin to twin transfusion you have two weekly ultrasound scans starting about 16 18 weeks um, and that would take you all the way up until delivery. Yeah. Um, and if you have dichoronic, so two placentas, then you'd have four weekly ultrasound scans starting from either 24 or 28 weeks, depending on where you work. Okay. Um, and basically they're looking for, obviously the signs of twin-to-twin transfusion, if you think it's relevant, but even if it's just normal to an otherwise twin pregnancy with um, two placentas, you can still have discrepancies in growth between the two twins. So it's mainly looking for growth discrepancies between them, uh, which is more common in twin pregnancies than a single twin pregnancy. Okay. And um, so what are our delivery options then um, available to us and and our uh, woman pregnant with twins? So um, in general, um, it's possible for a woman to have a vaginal birth or have a caesarean section. Um, And... If there's nothing else kind of pointing us towards a caesarean section, then the choice is really the mother's. If she wants to have a caesarean section because it's her choice and it's twins, then that's fine. 
there would be certain things that would it make us recommend that to her. So um, if the first twin was not cephalic, so if the first twin was transverse or breech, you'd probably recommend a caesarean. When I say first twin, I mean the one which is actually the first one that's going to come out, so the one which is presenting first above the mm. pelvis. Um, so that's what I mean when I say first twin. Um, Obviously, if the mother had had other indications for a caesarean section, multiple caesareans before, she's got placenta previa, for example, then those things would be taken into consideration as well. But it's mainly it's her wishes as to what kind of delivery she wants. Okay. Um, so when would you recommend a, a C-section then? I suppose you, you talked about the abnormal presentation. Would that be the main one? Um, I think probably ab for twins, um, having a caesarean section, probably abnormal presentation of the first twins, probably the most common reason yeah. why people end up having it. Um, and when would you do it? Um, it depends a little bit on the type of twins. So if you've got dichronic twins and the growth of the twins is fine, you haven't got any other concerns about the pregnancy, then delivery around 38 weeks um, is reasonable. Um, you tend to it's a bit before a singleton pregnancy because actually you're more likely to go into spontaneous labour with twins mm. and so we're kind of generally doing it that little bit sooner um, obviously if there was a problem with discrepancy of growth or there was a problem in the pregnancy then the exact timing of delivery would depend on the health of the babies and the health of the mother mm. um, if you've got um, monochorionic twins then the, t the, del the delivery tends to be a little bit sooner. And th th when I say delivery, it could be actually you're inducing them and they're having a no aiming for a normal birth or you're doing a caesarean. You might generally do that for monochronic twins around 36 or 37 weeks. Okay. And um, are there any additional risks that of uh, if you're having multiple pregnancy and delivery um, that aren't there if you've got a singleton? Um, we've already kind of touched on the main one really and that yeah. is that of an increased risk of operative intervention so either caesarean or um, maybe needing assistance with an instrument forceps or a vontuse is higher chance um, and then postpartum hemorrhage is a higher chance in multiple pregnancy regardless if you have a normal birth or if you have a caesarean. One of the T's being tone. Indeed, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've talked a lot. I mean, it seems like there's a lot of support for you then if you if you've got a multiple pregnancy. Is there any other support that we need to that we need to be aware of? Um, there are uh, groups basically that women can be. Um, told about so there's the TAMBA which is the Twin and Multiple Birth Association so they provide lots of support for women that are having twins or higher order multiple births. Um, there is lots of support throughout the pregnancy um, a lot of units have specialist multiple pregnancy midwives as well so there's lots of support there for them um, so yeah lots of things that um, we should probably draw their attention to because obviously and having kind of two newborns well having one newborn is no small feat so having more than one is um, an extra special challenge. <laughs> yes. Uh, prepare for even less sleep, I imagine, for you, one of the... Mm, I don't know if it's half as half as much again less. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> There's a study to do. I, ha I haven't been there myself. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That was the Take Orally Multiple Pregnancy podcast. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter where we'll put up links to any guidelines mentioned and you can contact us to suggest topics you'd like to see covered in future episodes. For more information on education and research opportunities within emergency medicine, acute medicine and major trauma, you can find NUH Dream on both Facebook and Twitter.